Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everybody, and we are back here at Trident Wargaming with another episode of some bolt action for this podcast. And making his return to the podcast is my super awesome battle buddy, Mr. Jason. How the hell are you? I'm doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. I gave him a break last probably month and a half or so. Um, Hasn't been on the podcast for a bit, actually. So, yeah, I'm sure he got a lot of painting done. (laughs) 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 Womp, womp. So, So, yeah, right back into it. Uh, full steam ahead. Uh, good old bolt action episode. We are going to be deep diving into the armies of Great Britain. Uh, their main book is the what we're going to be going through. Uh, kind of deep dive into that. Go through some units. It might be a two-parter. Depends how long this is. So, um, yeah, we're going to just kind of go through the units. Give you guys a little bit more of uh detailed like info and kind of tactics and whatnot that we've um you know come up with experienced and uh even kind of just you know observed and seen just with the rules that are in their book and the units that they have in their books so um this will be uh, a fun little segment i believe we will have probably doing this all year long so We'll have lots of this coming. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. And please let us know, of course, down in the comments somewhere down there. But first and always, the hobby front. (laughs) (laughs) So what is on your workbench, Jason? Well, sir, we have the uh, slow grow coming up. So I thought... uh, my son Elias and I are in it, and yep. he's building up his airborne. And so I thought I'd start a new army. So I'm doing Canadians landing on Juno Beach, Canadian Scottish Regiment. Nice. Uh, so uh, they might look stupid. I'm going. My concept is so they're kind of coming out of the water. I don't know. That's right. You were you were saying that to me in the last. Uh, last I got most of them we built, at. and they look okay, but they might look stupid if they're not on a beach board. <laughs> <laughs> it might just look like they're Fair stuck enough. in the mud. I don't know. Are those but, zombies? Uh, <laughs> Are you raising the dead? Wrong yeah. game, Jason. Wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so hopefully it works out anyway. Yeah, you need to send me some pictures. Yeah, I'll so I can uh, share that with with people as well. I think that would be that's a a cool idea, a unique idea. Uh, I think I actually may have came across somebody doing that similar uh, just on the weekend. So uh, be good to see what you do because I mean you have some pretty good ideas and stuff for miniatures and and terrain and all that jazz. So I'm sure you'll come up with something. Hopefully, but, hopefully, uh, I think. I think the selling will come in the uh, in the form of the basing. If I can get the basing right, if I can get the water effect or whatever, if I can make that work, 
well, I think it will look okay. Nice. Nice. Sweet. So that's uh, that's it. That's on your plate. Very good. Very good. Um, we've yeah we've actually had a, a a lot of people jumping into the slow grow. I think I'm sitting at thirteen people right now. Um, and uh, there's one one gentleman from out of town, so he's joining in. He'll come out to games when he can, and then he's joining in on the painting part of it. So that'll be awesome. And, um, yeah, it's good to see a lot of, uh, a new blood kind of coming in and, and, uh, joining in plus all the veterans joining in as well. So it'll be fun. It'll be, be good to teach players. And, uh, just with the attendance on the, the drop in nights, it's been pretty good lately. So I'm very, yeah. very, very pleased with, uh, yeah, lots, with it. Lots of new guys. Yeah. Yeah. Unannounced and everything. Just like. Oh, here's some new bolt action players. Let me just make my way down and introduce myself, you know. So it's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of, of the hobby front for myself, it's uh, continuing painting the DAC army for the Germans. Mm. And I've actually gotten a fair bit of progress on it. Uh, I think I have half of my infantry are actually done. Excellent. Um, Plus my MMG team, plus my mortar team, commander, air observer, um, and almost the whole crew for the 88 that I have um, built and whatnot. So, and essentially uh, the rest of the infantry I had actually brought out to game night, um, but we were odd. So I sat out as usual, click on the Sarge and stuff. Um, but I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to start bringing some stuff, bring some paints and I'm just going to do some hobby. Yeah. Right. So like I'm answering questions, I'm hanging out with people. I might as well grab a brush, start painting my stuff as I'm talking with people. Right. And like, I spent like almost the whole night there talking with Max just about the game and, and, and whatnot. So it was great. Got a lot done, you know, brought the stuff home, put it back on the bench and I was like, huh, that's all my green. It's all done. Sweet. That's all my helmet color. That's all done, right? Nice. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, mind you, going through this book, I think that's probably going to be one of the next armies I do. Excellent. So um, there's a lot of good stuff in this book, and we'll, obviously we're going to jump into that. So, But, uh, yeah, going ahead, it's we'll be doing the hobby thing all the time. I do have a video that I still have to complete for how I do my uh, paint job for my DAC army. Um, so you'll you'll see that shortly, probably in the next maybe week or so here. Um, I'll do that for, for the infantry, the colors I used, all that stuff. And then I'm also going to do how I would paint like my Panzer III and then also the... Um, uh, the 88 as well. So a couple of videos we're going to be doing, we're doing more hobby stuff like that on YouTube. Nice. Right? So, and then more tactical stuff kind of on the podcast. So incorporate both that, in different ways, right? Then I'm going to throw down a unsolicited challenge here, sir. Ooh. How close challenge? are you? What is your uh, count for your deck? Is it close to 1200 or what, what are you, what are you going for? A thousand? So right now it's at a thousand. 
Um, but I, yeah, I can easily add, um, the other 250, right? So it's probably going to be more, right? Well, here's, here's a challenge then sometime in this next, uh, month or so month and a half, maybe. Yep. Let's get together and do Maori versus Dak at my place on the, uh, a big old desert table. You're a giant on. Stalingrad sized table. Okay. Yeah. And we can uh, desert it up with uh, a big old uh, fist fight. Yeah, no, for sure. You're down. Let's do it. We'll throw it out to the old uh, either videos or uh, photos for the uh, at home Trident crew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. That'd be good. Uh, let me get some good photos and good fights with that, too. Yeah. Good idea. Let's Definitely. do it. We'll pick a weekend and we'll just have some good times rolling dice. So I'm been, sold. It's been a while, right? So yeah, it's been a while since he hosted a thing here. My table just if if it doesn't get used for gaming, it just collects all of the <laughs> like every time I go out for the you know to the store to play or something, I toss my army on top and so. I need to use it or lose it. No, I hear you. I hear you. We will definitely use it. We will definitely use it. Sold. So, yeah. So getting to getting to essentially the meat and potatoes of the episode. This old British book you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the meat and potatoes. And that you're thinking is... of getting into it. And I have a Canadian army, which is basically, I mean, really it's a British army that is called, called Canadian army. Yeah. Uh, you know, rules wise. Uh, although, uh, cause it's old, it was, uh, that army that I built was, uh, my first bolt action army was my Canadian Scottish in those, uh, uh, Universal carriers. carriers. Yeah. Uh, but then I have later since adapted the uh, Canadian special rules once those came in. But originally it was uh, strictly out of this book. And then the British Airborne yeah. uh, is another army. And then uh, fairly recently the Maori. Uh, but really uh, it's out of the Western Desert book. But Pretty much, besides the Maori themselves rules, mm -hmm. uh, they're uh, pretty much strictly out of this book also. So it's nice. a pretty solid book with lots of range. Just for a, a quick you know, idea of it uh, off the hop, There's, it's really like the German book is probably the most versatile. Yeah. There's lots of stuff in the US book and lots of stuff in the Soviet book, but I, I feel that the British book and the uh, German book are the two most versatile. You can do really just almost any type of army you can muster can yeah. conceive of, you know, any style of play that you prefer, you can you you can bring it to bear. 
Nice. So yeah, like specifically, I mean, with with a lot of the rules, like the the nation rule characteristics, those are a big thing, right? So, and we'll go through that here. Uh, but essentially, right off the bat, like as you are looking into the army of Great Britain, uh, their specific army rules. Uh, one of them is the prep bombardment. The uh, one that everybody forgets about, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was, I was I reading it. About it. You forget about it. I, I was reading it, and yeah. I was like, I don't remember anybody actually doing this against me. So now I that remember I've, one out of ten. Now that I've <laughs> I've you know really gone through it, it'll be one of those points for hey, remember? <laughs> so, yeah. So. Essentially, you get uh, two dice uh, when you're rolling uh, prep bombardment per unit, and you pick the best result. Yeah, which, which is pretty big. Pretty big, yeah. It, it can really shut down the enemy army for that first turn. Yeah, you know exactly. Uh, which which can be a huge handicap, especially if you're if you're shutting down some heavy hitters or. Or whatever you know you get a tank at x amount of points you know 300 400 points and it has to spend a whole turn rallying basically uh you know before it can even do anything yeah that can be huge rally getting uh, it knocked out um, yeah you know we've had that again, happen so many times just, right? people forget i i forget oh man i'll make sure yeah. you don't forget next time so. <laughs> you better. And then I guess the second rule, really, that's the old, uh, you know, grinds my gears kind of rule that yeah, everybody has. We had this on another episode about um, people. <laughs> this Jason popped off on this one a little bit, <laughs> so we won't repeat that again. No, um, but yeah, this was uh, they essentially they get a free regular arty observer so that's like what 100 points or so um yeah. for free and it doesn't count toward the limit of observers that they can have so it's a free unit there's other armies that have free units it's yeah you know i, I think it's it's good it i mean people are going to say oh it's too op or it's overpowered they get a, a hundred point unit for free that can drop a you know pie plate down or whatever okay but that happens once that's yeah. it and then, well, yeah, if you think about it the french get a free artillery piece well the they can drop that's just it can drop a pie plate every turn yeah if they wanted they can get that or so they can get free artillery or a free anti-tank yeah which you know, they don't have very much of that are like mediums or yeah. you know um there's Soviets also the secondary Squad. There's also the secondary free thing for the French is if you go in inexperienced, three inexperienced units, you'll get a fourth for free. So you get two units for free essentially if you go that yeah. route. But but that's the French. So but the thing Oh sorry, I cut you off there. Pal. No, no. No, I was just gonna say that's the French and, and like the British have their own thing, right? So but you're gonna say That's the thing about this rule or this uh character uh 
army special rule is it doesn't really give you access to anything that any other army can have. Like, right. almost any army can have an artillery observer. Yep. Uh, so really, it's just you're you're saving a hundred points. And really, the more and more I play, arty observers are generally worth a hundred points, but not often worth more than a hundred points. You know what I mean? They uh, on some games they murder, and a lot of games they do a couple of pins. Yeah, that's that's the reality. But of course, people remember the games that, like, oh god, uh, it hit my yeah, tiger you're... tank and it yeah. blew it to smithereens, <laughs> and I hate that game. Free artillery observer, but uh, you know, it's part of the game. Like it's, it's, it's not that. Know. It's not that big. Sometimes it hits big. Most of the times it doesn't. But you got to think. You got to think of that. And I mean, we're not going to spend a huge amount of time on it. But you got to think: is that better than the Germans with their Hitler's buzzsaw? I don't think so. In, in my opinion. I don't think so, because the amount of light machines and, and MMGs that you have access to, and you're getting that many extra shots. Significantly better. And anybody has access to the exact same unit. For sure. They just have to pay 100 points. It's just, but I, they I have don't no take access, it. unless you're a German, you have no access to a tank that causes tiger fear, or no access... To a uh, uh, LMG that gets the extra shot or MMG that gets the extra shot. Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying, by the way, that either of those rules are overpowered at all either. It's just, you know, sometimes this rule gets picked on a bit. I don't think it's that powerful. It's good. It's I'm certainly glad to have it, uh, yeah. but I've also faced it, and it's you know, it's good, but it's not. It's not a game breaker that some people make it. Uh, it's not the end all, it be all. Yeah, it's just it's just those moments where people have it hits. <laughs> yeah. It hits. Oh okay. yeah, what can so, you do? Right. To so. be fair, sometimes it does. <laughs> it does ruin a guy's day. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> but 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 going forward, now we have, and this is probably going to be a big section here, is um, the national characteristics that the British armies can have um so there's a whole bunch of there's a list of rules that they get and uh a lot of them are actually really really good and there's very far and few that you know aren't that great right so we'll start out from the top i guess um well just uh basically uh quickly you get there's six of them mm -hmm. and you get to pick one and I really like the idea behind it because it allows you to add flavor to to kind of the generic list yeah. without anything too crazy. It's a basically a very small paragraph, you know, very small rule, adds a little bit of a buff, you know, and we'll go through them, but it allows you to add flavor to represent, you know, how vast and... Uh, 
I mean, not vast as in huge. British army wasn't that huge. And even with all the colonial powers, not that huge compared to your other European powers. But how vast as in uh, uh, diverse, I guess. Especially when you start considering, you know, colonial troops and troops from other Commonwealth nations. And yeah. so it allows you to add a little, a little flavor. It's, they're and, trying to resemble, uh, you know, those yeah. different portions of, of the, the army and the countries that were all involved. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. It's really good. I, I like it. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, one thing I will say about them is, uh, like I, I said to you before was, uh, that they really, these characteristics really push you to being regular veteran. Right. Yeah. So I think you'll see majority of Brit armies as that. Right. Um, so, you know, going through these, these characteristics, they, they are literally saying that vets or regs can have this except in experience, even if it's a green rule that changes them up to, you know, mm -hmm. to regular. So, but the first one is the up and atom. And essentially, it's an auto pass on assaults, right? Yeah. Which it's that's pretty good. You could really combo some of that like this with some specific units in this book. Um, it's it's great against tanks if that's your goal is to be able to actually assault tanks. Yeah, because then if you think about it. If you auto pass assaults, you don't really need anti tank grenades. No. Because what do you care if you have a minus three to a test you're never going to have to take? Yeah. Right. So that, that's, I, I remember you mentioned that to me before. And then we came, came up with that and kind of thought about that kind of thing at one point. And we we're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But, yeah, which, by the way, anti tank grenades are three points a model. Yep. So that can be, you know, you're you're pushing thirty models, forty models. That's that's significant point saved. You know, point saved for a a free rule, <laughs> really. Exactly. So it's it's really good for that. Um, you know, like if you got veterans that are equipped with either SMGs that give them tough fighter, or maybe they already have tough fighter. Uh, you also have the like scary blighters, which we'll go into later as well. You'll probably hear me say that a lot, you know, this being an auto pass that you're in, doesn't matter. You're in like, yeah, that's a big effect. Oh yeah. A really big effect. Cause now you're utilizing that rule to get your scary close quarter units in combat. Right. So, um, essentially that's what that one is. Yeah. Uh, pretty works, basic, works well. pretty basic idea, but could be really effective. And really, I mean, if you, if you think about it, when you're making your list, it could save you quite a bit of points, which would again, allow you to, to slip in more, more troops. If you're, if you're thinking about it or more, more, uh, guns, you know? Yep. Exactly. The next one I uh, I've used and I kind of like it actually. Blood curdling charge. Yep. 
the on the assault, uh, they're not allowed a, uh, a shooting, shooting response, shooting reaction. Yeah. Yep. Which, I mean, it's not the best one, but I do like it for those situations where, I mean, you do want to assault uh, a guy. Quite often, you're not going to be within the six. It's, it's not that common that you're within that range when you're doing that uh, that assault. Right. So you're going to have to suffer that or you risk suffering that uh, that shot unless you time it after their dice is pulled. So it can be it can be quite handy. It can uh, eliminate the possibility of them pulling, you know, attacks from you, you know, that you would normally give. I mean, honestly, you're, they're probably not going to stop the assault, even though that's an, a thing that could happen. Uh, but it's pretty unlikely that you're you're uh, uh, going to have that happen to you uh, from them. Uh, causing enough damage but uh but the reality is that they're probably fairly likely to kill a, a guy or two which is taking out of your uh, dice pool when you're when you're doing your assault when you're fighting the combat so it, it's not bad especially for those uh armies where you're really expecting the combat to go off so again this this rule itself um, allows, like, it gives you the opportunity to, for those longer charges that you're, yeah. you know, you know, you're like, well, he he's going to be able to shoot me up, and I I'm out in the open, so I'm going to get wrecked. Not going to happen now, right? Yeah, and I I could probably count on one hand how many times I've had that charge where I'm within six inches. Yeah. You know, it, out of all the games I've ever played, it doesn't happen very often. Usually, honestly, you're pushing it where you may not be in range. You're, you know, you're at the 11, 12 inch mark. Yeah. When you're making those decisions. So, so there, there's so, that with that. And then also, I just reread the rule. Um, and it doesn't say anything about like it can't be used against tanks. Yeah, oh yeah, you can. So, yeah, you charge, you assault a tank, and uh, their machine guns aren't. Yeah, which aren't, can be uh, really effective, right? Against the tank, that could be really effective because, like, there's there are some tanks that have like three MMGs on them. Oh yeah, and that uh, that assault against them is just not worth it unless you time it till you gotta wait till they go. Uh, pull their dice out already, but then are you close enough to, you know, it gives them a time to uh, react, they can move away from you, or even also on the assault, of course, if they move, if that tank moves, it gets that much harder to to do the hit, right? If they do a advance move, then you need sixes instead of fours. Six fours yeah. uh, so probably you're assaulting them when they still have their dice in the bag, just so you can even cause the damage you're hoping to. So you're going to risk those machine gun shots. So yeah, this, it can be really good against those. Definitely. Next one I think is probably one of my favorites is the toughest boots. Again, it's uh, 
all regular veteran units will get this bonus. So essentially, for every three men that you have, you get one extra attack in close combat. So one with this is I would definitely be looking at trying to take full man squads, like full strength. Yeah. Right? That's the other thing it promotes. You're saying it promotes uh, people taking regular and veteran. It also promotes full squads. Yeah. So, so there's that. There's the full squad thing that I would be looking at. Uh, if you give this, uh, again, if you give this to your army and you have units with tough fighters in it, mm -hmm. you're getting three attacks. So let's say it's a 10-man squad, right? You'll get, what, three extra attacks? And in the rule, it's saying that you pretty much give it to whichever model will attack, right? So if you guys have guys with tough fighters, if the whole unit has tough fighters, cool. If you have three guys with SMGs that are tough fighters in that unit, you give those guys those attacks to give them a better chance to utilize their tough fighter rule, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's that one. And then on top of that as well is the scary blighters. So the scary blighters and the tough fighters is a little bit of a combo because like you're actually reducing the opponent's attacks with scary blighters. Um, so you're actually getting a better chance to attack, you know, without taking more casualties kind of thing. Right. So having the tough fighter with the extra attacks from this rule <laughs> And then reducing how many you're taking is just, it's like, it's a really, really strong combo, right? So yeah. What can you say? And you, you'll see, as we talk with some of the, about some of these units, you'll see where those little advantages come from, which is, uh, it's fantastic with some of these units. Yeah. There's certainly some combos you can, you can make with rules, uh, that are applicable to certain units. Yeah. Uh, individually and then also you know tag team it with this army rule which mm -hmm. uh like the combo you just mentioned which can be pretty brutal yeah uh and that's the uh the gurkhas i believe have yeah the scary platers the next one uh i think is actually it has its own little spotlight as well is uh rapid fire so again, Pretty. Regs, and, regs and vets again. Okay. Um, so it, it's essentially, it's the same thing as tough as boots, except for shooting. And right. the only uh, main difference is that this one only applies to rifle armed models. Correct. So for every three, just like the other one, uh, every three models that you're shooting with this time, you get an additional dice, and it's three rifle-armed models. So if your sergeant has an SMG, uh, you can't count him, or or if you have an LMG, you can't count that guy. Right. Uh, so things to keep in, uh, in mind, if you choose this one, you're going to want to go and really uh, make sure you have at least nine 
rifles. Maybe you leave your your sergeant with the SMG. Maybe you, you take a sergeant with a rifle. Because yeah. uh, you, you want to you want to maximize. maximize. Yeah. Yeah. So this so this this rule like I, I'm I'm actually thinking of trying this one out now taking the full man squad yeah doing exactly what you said there with your with your nco give him a rifle i'm looking at i'm looking at this as i think it would really be beneficial to regular early war forces because when you look at you look at the actual uh units a lot of the early war units, their NCOs did not have SMGs. No, it wasn't an option. Exactly. And, uh, in, and additionally, too, it doesn't sound like a lot. Well, you get one for every three, that, but that's that's thirty three percent. Yeah. Though that's three extra shots at twenty four inch range. Yeah. Compar- compared to two shots at no range, probably for the first two maybe three turns yeah and honestly i'm starting to come around to uh to kind of having more rifles than smgs in my army anyway i'm finding they're more uh useful and honestly a lot of times i take uh smg on my sergeants is because it makes it easy for me to see who the sergeant is (laughs) 100 percent. it's like almost every german that i built the ncos have smgs yeah, right, so. and that's solely the reason. I, I think uh, game-wise, probably just rifles is is better, and this makes that even more so. Yeah, a pretty solid uh, choice, especially compared to the first couple, which are really uh, combat-based, uh, close combat-based. So, uh, if your army isn't, if you didn't gear it for that, this could be a really great option for sure now with this one too one unit that i think really shines with this is the chindits so yeah. hear me out hear me Big out time. chindits so they can move and fire at no penalty yeah they have the american uh, and it's not just rifles that's the thing it's not just rifles so they're getting this is great for the rifles anyways. Yeah. So move and fire. So they get the American thing, of course. So, you know, full man strength, you get three extra shots, you move, you're firing, no penalty. That's awesome. Right. Big time. So, you know, this unit doing that outflanking coming on the board, you're not getting that penalty and you're shooting as normal. Get yourself in some cover, get a target, just start peppering them, right? Yeah. So chindits, I think, are like, that's pretty key for them right there. Um, And just stick to rifles and like an LMG, pretty much. So I like that one. Uh, Otherwise, like uh, early war, you know, BEF, that kind of thing, that would work really well with that too. So... I like it. I like that one. So we'll have to I'll have to decide what I will do later on with the British Army. There's a lot of options. Ooh, which is pretty cool. Next up, 
we have <clears throat> Vengeance. Now, this one's diff this one's definitely different compared to the others. Um, it's probably my least favorite, but Regvet again. Uh, you know, if you have one or more pins on you, uh, you get to make a test when an enemy unit is within twelve inches of you, and this is before you do an order test. So you get to test to see if you remove one pin. Yeah. So, you know, uh, four, five, six, you lose the pin. One, two, three, pin stays. 50 50 I chance. I don't know if this is that great, honestly. Out of all the other ones, and it's probably the one I've seen the least. I, although yeah. it could be a lifesaver. I can't tell you how many times I've seen one pin just tank, uh, you know. Uh, an entire uh, attack or you know it's it's happened a lot so maybe I'm I'm the goofball <laughs> by not appreciating it but uh, it seems to me that the other ones are a bit a bit better this is maybe a bit more niche yes yeah for sure circumstantial right so where that might you know, really benefit you is in a dire moment, you know, yeah. is when like you have that one pin and you roll and you're successful and you're like, yes, okay. I don't have a chance of actually failing my order at this critical moment, but yeah. all the other turns that you have no pins on you, it's just kind of a waste. So that's how I look at it. I'd rather have something that would be effective all game long. Right. Um, like every turn, I should say. So rapid fire, if I'm in range first turn, perfect, right? If it keeps going, perfect. Stuff like that. I know the assault ones can, you know, it'll take a few turns to get in there as well, but at least it's, I don't know, a bit more effective than this from in, in my eyes. Yeah. You know, call me out if you guys think I'm wrong, but, you know, it's. So you know what I am Personal wrong opinion. On. There's only five. I said six at the beginning. Like a fool, I said six, but there's there's five of these rules. <laughs> there is. I'm the fool for agreeing with you. You just went <laughs> along with it, Andy. You just trusted me. I did. The expert. Do, do your own research, folks. <laughs> so but it's all good. We we cover them there, so uh let us know what you guys think, which ones you use most, you know. And uh, yeah. maybe you come across some other combos. Um, and again, like this is just ideas. exactly. And and this is just this is just going from like the main the main British book, right? We haven't even looked at theater selectors and all these other units, which we'll do down the road. So, um, but yeah, like those are pretty much their army rules, which they are one of the books that really has some good ones. You know, to be quite frank, right? So, yeah, gotta admit, and you see a lot, like, well, especially here, we have a lot of people who are playing Canadians or British. Um, just the two, the two new players, the one guy's playing Canadians, right? So, um, which is pretty cool. I think almost everybody in our group probably has British or Canadians, but, uh, I think so. I, I'm wondering if that's kind of true 
around the world. I wonder if you go to other countries, if, uh, you know, you get a little bit of... Uh, if it's like that. You know, a little bit of national pride or whatever. Or if yeah. people are like, you oh, know, could Americans be. play more American army. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. But uh, that's certainly the case here anyway. And a lot of people I've heard are, oh, it's my grandpa was there, or yeah. this is this and that. So, yeah, it's, I found with bolt action, it's, um, you know, historical. And also a lot of times there's something else, a little bit of. An homage. Yeah. Something in the, in the, you know, the background of, of the person, you know, a family member or whatever the case may be, or a lot of guys who are in the military as well. Um, you know, they, they tend to gravitate to the game, which, you know, is great. It's, it's awesome that they're playing it and they're doing that stuff. And I've heard some good stories about, you know, guys doing this stuff. And, and I even heard one story, I think, um, John Russell had mentioned in our podcast there that, uh, one of the members had went and casted a miniature of a commander or something for his army. And it was one of those miniatures that he'd be able to pass down to his son, right? To to play in his his armies and stuff too. So pretty cool factor on that. But getting back to the army. <laughs> so we'll uh we'll jump in to start jumping into the units. Uh now some of the units we won't really be going over because they're pretty much generic across the board and almost in actually in every army um you might find some variances on them in each army uh depending like you know they might have one or two special kind of little things but um majority of it is pretty much standard across the board uh so that's kind of like your hq units you know in your um in your army books that is so your officers, your observers, you know, your medics, that kind of thing. Uh, certain armies might have different ones, like the Soviets, uh, like the Japanese. You know, they have the commissars yeah. and all that stuff. So um, nothing much special in the old uh, HQ section for the, for the British. British. No, no. But I will say this, with a lot of these close combat, close quarters, uh, characteristics and stuff that you're allowed to, to pick through. Sometimes, even though medics, you'll need sixes, you know, to prevent some wounds and stuff. It might be interesting to throw one in to see how it does. Right. So, yeah, I've been, uh, I'll be honest. I've been using, uh, medics, uh, the last couple of, uh, a list I threw together. And they've always paid for themselves. Nice. Only exactly, though. They've, they've paid for themselves almost exactly. A point or two above or below their cost. Uh, but uh, I, it does, it, it's not a lot. It's, you know, four or five bottles. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those are the ones you kind of need. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gotta say I'm I'm not uh, I haven't played them enough to uh, give it an official yay or nay, but 
I'm going off topic. This is really just generic, but uh, maybe the medics are a thing. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, you got a couple 30 points and maybe just uh, chuck them in and see. There you go. Rant over. There you go. There you go. I haven't used the medic, so uh, maybe it'll be time to start. Um, We have uh, with this, so going into the infantry section, uh, again, you'll have kind of like the standard, you know, inexperienced or veteran um, infantry squads. So one thing to note with the British, like I'd mentioned before, early war infantry units, uh, they tend to not have SMGs. So uh, you can, you know, check out the rapid fire thing, see if that works for you. Maybe not. As you start going to like mid and late, that's when you start getting the options for SMGs. So uh, I believe some of the units are pretty much like the NCO and then uh, other units are like the NCO and one other member of the unit. So, yeah. And of course, like anti-tank, uh, grenades majority of the units have the access to it so that's kind of them in a nutshell for just like the regular infantry units mm-hmm. um, then you start going into some of the specialized ones so I haven't seen this one on the board yet and yeah I, I don't know if it has really a place um, it's kind of more of a uh, I guess it would be more of a historical kind of thing or a what if, but the home guard section, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they're inexperienced. They have access to shotguns and bars. They have the green rule and they're one of those units that are kind of like, well, there's other units that have better options, right? Yeah. It would be, uh, Really, just for for doing a fun sea lion type scenario, yeah. and again, this is this is one of the uh, the OG books. So uh, some of these things have been hit uh, with some uh, uh, follow up supplements. Yes, like this is a perfectly legal and uh, and fine choice. But honestly, in a standard army, probably not yeah. not going to make the biscuit. And if you did want to do kind of a themed list or a themed game where you're playing Sea Lion out or some, some kind of fun scenario like that, probably you're going to want to check check out the, uh, the Sea Lion books. There's two of them. I can't remember what the heck they're called off the top of my head. But uh, that's probably where you'll get get more of the, the flavor yeah. out of that. Could be a fun, a fun scenario too that you use them in, right? Totally. So there's uh, and I, I do know with that unit they pretty much are like unarmed and then uh, you actually start giving each miniature essentially the weapon. So you're paying per weapon in a, in a sense, right? So yeah. It's it's definitely an overlooked unit, and again, just because of that historical or you know fluffy or special scenario you're doing kind of unit, which is totally fine, right? So totally. 
now um, you do have some vet units um, that again the army tends to go th towards regular vets and you know you just kind of go take a look at selection maybe what works for you now these specialized ones that we're going to go through here your um, so your veteran units for late war they're they're equipped a bit better right of course late war you know yeah stuff is advanced which is cool a lot of guys tend to play late i've noticed in in our group as well um but they have access to three smgs two lmgs of course tank hunters so um mm -hmm. you know pretty good unit to work around you have options um i think did you use vets for your airborne or were they specifically yeah, for my for my airborne, they're all vets. They were, yeah. And I used uh, really a for most of the games I played a, a closely resembled a theater selector. I used them out of the. I made it so it would work out of the as a standard uh, list, right? Uh, but tried to emulate as far as possible the theater selector. And the theater selector said you weren't allowed to use regular. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's the beauty of the game is you can build an army and it can fit within, you know, a reinforced platoon or you can make it work because you'll usually have extra models too into a theater selector of your type. So you can switch, you know, depending on, your group's play style or what you're doing, or maybe you're playing special theater selectors or stuff with buddies, right? So yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you uh, might lose some of the options out of a theater selector, but yeah. generally you can make up, you can make something very similar. Exactly. So, and with these guys, again, being that they have, you know, uh, you have the option of the three SMGs, I... I would be looking at tough fighters again with them just for the uh, extra attacks that you'd be able to get. It'd be very elite, be very expensive, I think, units just because they are vets, especially if you're trying to go for like a full strength unit. Yeah, you know? well, and the, the thing with the airborne too is that you don't mind that they're elite because also trying to emulate that uh, even though I made it off of a, a standard reinforced platoon I emulated the theater selector as far as options that I had right and no tanks except for the tetriarch uh, no you know uh, the very limited uh, uh, artillery and so really I had nothing expensive to point my points into. No, except exactly. for the infantry. So, without a three hundred point tank, you're playing a twelve hundred point game or something. Twelve fifty. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with. <laughs> those. Well, th there you go. Right, like you, you made a plan with your army and you built around that idea. So, yeah. and that's that's the thing with these national characteristics is 
that's your idea, right? So you try to build around it and looking at units and try to build around that kind of use whatever units you can, you know, muster or like kind of thing. So, and, and even like the next unit is, um, again, they're a paratrooper section and, uh, they gotta be vets. So these guys are allowed to have up to five SMGs, one LMG. They do have stubborn. Yeah. Which is, is great. Um, so, you know, if they're essentially reduced to half and forced to make a morale check, disregard any pins on them, right? So Yeah. Leadership 10 on any morale check, mm -hmm. that's not impossible to fail, but it's it's a lot less likely. Yeah. And, like, having having the five SMGs, they are definitely close quarters. So, oh, yeah. again, you have options of, of those close quarter characteristics. So, I mean, you guys can figure, you know, what you prefer. Um, but that's just, that's another option, right? These guys are going to be hard to dislodge. These guys are going to be pretty tough at um, being in cover and not breaking. They're going to stick around, you know, and they're they're going to pepper you no matter what, especially if they're in close. And uh, if not, they'll they'll assault you and, and they'll have totally. some fun. <laughs> totally. and to be fair, I thought this was a unit we were just talking about. So I was, everything I, I just said, uh, apply it to these guys. Yeah, uh, no, sorry. I was... Uh, I, I mis, uh, misunderstood where we were. But uh, okay. yeah, these guys are all about getting in close and uh, just just touching them, tickling them with bullets, and then <laughs> with knives after. Just a good old bullet knife tickle. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> yeah, and I I the thing about these uh, airborne list is they win on turn five. Because yeah. you're losing on turn one, two, three, and four, because you have nothing that can really hit from a range. Yeah. Because if you built it right, you're probably taking a lot of SMGs. You're prob you don't have a lot of options as far as long range weapons, long range guns, long range artillery, and so you're uh, you're coming in hot and heavy, and you're running and trying to get there and they're shooting you the whole way and hopefully you're not losing a whole lot you are veterans uh but you're losing and they're not and then you hit and then you start then you're close enough in turn five you've already you know shot them you've tickled them with the bullets and uh you know maybe at the end of uh, maybe turn four you tickled them with the bullets and turn five you uh you go in and uh in for the assault and that's where it's a oh well I'm I am winning this game now <laughs> all of a sudden this yeah, late, this game I thought I was losing I thought it was in the bag for the enemy and oh yes almost every game I tell you seen losing a lot especially with yeah, that you, army yeah yeah big yeah, time which is cool and uh, you you do see a lot of players playing you know paratroopers airborne armies so. It's good to see. It's good to see the different style of armies that the guys are playing 
as like the airborne paratroopers. So it's yeah, great to sure. see. A British airborne army is so much different than an American airborne army. It's not even funny. You think they would be super similar, but they really, they are, they aren't, they don't play the same. I have both. They, they don't, they don't play out the same. Fair so, enough. Anyway, it, interesting. Fair enough. Next time I will have to try the fall from Jaeger and see what happens there. Let's do it. I got to build one. <laughs> I have uh, that'll be my uh, third airborne army. So let's do it. <laughs> uh, so next up is I believe there's uh, three more units there, or so, and I think these three knee, three next units are. Definitely, they definitely have combos, like some good mm -hmm. abilities, right? So first off is the Chindits. They're Vets, two SMGs, LMG. They have behind enemy lines, which is, is pretty good for when you're out flanking. You don't suffer the, uh, the minus one on your order test. Okay. Yeah. So... Combo with that, just kind of like the Americans, is you take that unit at full strength, so you're getting that re-roll on your failed order test if you're outflanking. Okay, uh, it's it's kind of I think it's kind of a go-to now. I've I've seen it, uh, you know, I've talked about it, I've seen it in our community, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's been more prevalent, you know, in the last few months, I guess. So. Um, so that's pretty good for them. Um, they do have, again, like I mentioned before, the fire maneuver. So no minus to hit when they're moving. Um, so yeah, you can. it goes well with rapid fire, as I mentioned. Getting that extra shot, taking rifles, you know, forget about the SMGs. And that, that blends well with behind enemy lines too, mm -hmm. because if you're popping in on an outflank, yeah. And you're moving onto the board. You don't have the minus one for shooting and you get the extra shots. Yeah. Whammo, blammo. Thank you, mammo. Yeah. So that's, and that's the thing going, going full strength with that unit is, is like, you know, two birds with one stone, right? You're uh, one, the reroll two, you're maximizing the amount of extra shots from rapid fire. Pass the ammo, turn to jammo. Right. So. Uh, essentially, I think that's kind of the way to go with that unit, right? Um, oh, big time. In my opinion. And just flavorful. And I, yeah, I, the models are, are fairly old, but, uh, they look really cool. They're all pewter. If you, I know some guys, I'm, I'm not anti-pewter by any means, but, uh, some people, there's certainly some, there's certainly some downfall, uh, to it. But their sure. models are really, really flavorful. Like they, uh, I don't know. I, I I just like how they look. They look exhausted. And they mean. got like the don't they have like the bayou hats kind of thing? Yeah, totally. Right, like in the jungle, like in the shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they uh, they look tough. So, um, and I do think the chindits are f fairly used in uh, probably some tournaments um i'm sure they have to be right. they're 
I can't see them not being brutal. But that being said, I haven't ever seen them up close in person. I've never played a Chindit army. Yeah, we we haven't had it in our our community, or at least I'm I'm sure that there's somebody here, uh, you know, in the city and, and surrounding area that does have them. Uh, we just haven't had them play it, come play it at our community. But I have heard some guys and seen the uh, empty slot on the pegs on the uh, shelf. Of them missing. Yeah. So somebody picked them up, but somebody's uh, buying them. Uh, good on them, right? So mysterious cool. chindit coming to <laughs> Redcon. <laughs> so they're pretty good, good, uh, good, flavorful miniature for your hobby needs and uh, some decent rules. So commando section. So switching from uh, old models, yes, to new models, yes. These guys, models. I know we're not talking about models, but I, I am for uh, twelve oh, seconds. By all means, they, uh, they look amazing. Yeah. I really, really like them. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got to say. It's a new box. Uh, I like it. It's French kiss. French kiss for the the new models. They, uh, <laughs> I, I'm really really digging the new plastics and how they go together and all the bits and the kit and nice. uh, how easy it is to convert them. And I like the slightly o- oversized guns. Yeah, they're a little out of scale. If you look at them, you'd be like, "Oh, you know, the rifle looks a little bit big." Shut your pie hole. Your rifle's not going to break. Yeah. Your okay. rifle isn't breaking every time you put it in the case. Your LMG is not going to snap in half. Yeah. Yeah. I. It is. They are so much better. And I think they've realized that. So. Yeah. Like I'd. I'd rather it not. Like this isn't. This is for wargaming. It's not. It's not a you know a one thirty second scale yep. diorama that I'm going to touch only when I'm building and then never touch again you know except for on the shelf this is for you know the land of a thousand touches it's gaming it's you need a durable piece right so i need it durable exactly so anyway yeah i diverged i talked about the the beautiful old models here's some beautiful uh new models and i love the uh the mix of heads you can really do some uh fun stuff and a variety of units Talking about the variety that you have in uh, in the book, you can really do some of these, and they, they don't necessarily have to be commandos either out of the commando box, you know, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, fair enough. Yep. There you go. Boom. Rules. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, this unit um, again, two SMGs, one LMG can have a Vickers LMG. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it gets an extra shot. Yeah, the Vickers K gets a an extra dice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretty cool. Uh, this is another unit that has behind enemy lines, which makes total sense. They're commandos, um, and they already have tough fighters. So. Really, you know, whatever you equip them with, now they got tough fighters. So um, with them, 
use of any of these close quarters. Uh, you're, so you're seeing a trend here with these last few units, right? Mm -hmm. uh, same kind of idea, but it really is nice. So the thing with this, I, I kind of have a couple of things with this unit. So because they already have tough fighters, you know, it's it's a pretty good rule. Um, behind enemy lines, if you're going full strength, you're getting that combo again. So you can either, you know, go with the toughest boots to get the extra attacks in combat. You know, yeah. better chances with the tough fighter. So that's, that's a big one, right? Or if you want to maybe try to make them effective kind of in both close quarters and shooting, you know, you can always stick to rifles and go with the rapid fire, right? Yeah. So you're getting extra attacks for shooting. You know, you're staying at 24 inch range, of course. And then when you need to go into combat, you have tough fighters. And don't forget, you are veterans, so you're sticking around. Um, you know, you can do some damage in close combat. Now, depending on what you want to, you know, do, you can either really concentrate on the one and, and just be a beast in close combat or spread it out a little bit and have fun with both shooting and combat which I kind of like. So makes them a little bit more versatile in a sense, right? So. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, if you're, if you're going for a, a flavor, similar to what I was talking about with the uh, airborne mm -hmm. uh, commandos, they have a bit more where the airborne is really restricted on, you know, buddies they can take as in uh, big pals with uh, you know iron plates mm. uh, or steel plates on uh, uh, these guys have some pretty fun options obviously that's a that's a later section but I I like the um, just pointing out again the diversity yeah and how so much different just the the units we mentioned on these two pages, so much different. You can make an army using these as the base and following just the reinforced platoon, getting some inspiration from later in the book from some of the theater selectors or even from other books. Uh, you could build something very uh, competitive and flavorful uh, using here. Uh, splash or crash that's what they used to say when you were uh when you were asked whether or not uh when they asked the original volunteers uh for uh uh whether or not they wanted to be uh, accepted from their unit and moved into a new secret units they were working on they were working on an okay. airborne and they were working on commando units, building those up, and they would ask them if they wanted Splash or Crash. Splash, of course, being commandos, specializing in, uh, you know, coming in out of the dark, landing on a beach, do, hitting some kind of high-value target and then cheesing off. <laughs> uh, or airborne, dropping behind enemy lines. 
uh, pretty fun stuff anyway. Lots of fun stuff to to read. And they actually have uh, diverging a little bit, but they have quite a bit of fluff in the book too. Not fluff. I mean historical. Yeah, I'm using I'm yeah. using like a GW term. They have lots of <laughs> they have lots of fluff, uh, but they have some historical background uh, to let you know, you know what it is. You know you're looking at, and of course, obviously, there's more. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's... Lots of research and stuff you can, or just fun, you know, interesting reading you can do. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Anyway, and and that's over. and that's uh, that's like the um, the next unit, the uh, the Gurkha section. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, vets. Uh, again, two SMG, one LMG, and again, tough fighters. Uh, but this time they have scary blighters. Um, pretty much they run, they're running in there with their, was it cookeries? Cookery, yeah. Their, their knives, blades. Those um, big, uh, crazy curved blades. Yeah. And they have, uh, I think they have a war yell or something like that, that they would pretty much yell. I'm not going to, uh, not going to say it cause it's, I'm going to butcher the, uh, the actual phrase, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty neat. It scary blighters, pretty much half the total number of attacks coming at them. So, not only do they have the offensive ability of tough fighters, but they have that defensive ability as well, which makes them pretty Brutal. tough with other rules. Like, I think I seen these guys in action in our tank war battle. Um, yeah, that- players brought them and like literally held the objective just because of this rule, right? Engaged twice in combat, devastated the units, wiped them out because of that rule. So, yeah, these guys are no joke, and yeah. they are kind of uh, they're kind of part of the the uh, you know uh, tournament meta. Meta, yeah. The uh, the Gurkhas are quasi-famous and obviously a well-earned reputation uh, in you know in reality and game-wise, probably a well-earned reputation as being uh, maybe a little bit crazy for uh, you know what they can do on the board. Yeah, just super brutal. Yeah, they. Uh... I'd probably say they're probably one of the toughest units in the game. Oh, yeah. Not even a probably. They just yeah. straight up 100% are. So, and, uh, you know, some of the notes I have written down here, you know, you, you're looking at, again, you know, you can do the toughest boots, uh, even the blood curling charge with these guys, you know, preventing your opponent from reacting at the shooting you know, reacting to you, and then you get in there and you half their attacks. Yeah. Forget about it, you know. Forget, yeah. Just done, done and done. So totally. uh, definitely an elite unit, and if you're at a tournament, you'll probably definitely see them. So keep an eye out for them. But it is cool that they do have these units out there. Uh, I. It's funny, I was thinking about this earlier today. 
you know that Japanese bamboo spear army mm-hmm. that you know everybody probably has talked about over the years. I think this is the unit that can do it. That can deal with them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So it'd be a, it'd be a lot of rounds of combat, but I think this is the unit that that can counter that in a sense. Would I want to see that battle? Not really. Would I want to play no, it? I, it would be. Me. It would be a pretty boring <laughs> battle, actually. I think it would be a uh, two turns to get into combat, and then to get into combat, and then you would just stay there for a while, and then essentially, yeah, one or the other side would win. But honestly, yeah, those two <laughs> lists are kind of famous in the uh, the uh, meta of uh, uber competitive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, if you want to buy 120 pewter miniatures and carry them and get them all painted and you want to play it, (laughs) I hope you have it painted because it look awesome on the board. Props to you. Do it up, right? So, yeah. um, Fun. Probably those two lists going at each other, though, I think would be (laughs) pretty dull to watch. (laughs) You know, that's. I'd probably have a good chuckle, but yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. So that is the infantry units. Uh, next, you move on to like fixed teams and uh, weapon teams kind of thing. Um, so as per per normal, uh, you have units like MMGs, uh, anti-tank rifles. They're pretty much the same as, as most other armies. Uh, you do have the, what is it, the Black Bombard anti-tank team. Uh, 24 inch, one shot. Uh, it's the older rules, so it, it was HED6, um, which I believe is. Is that the two inch? I think that's the two inch. Yeah. Two inch, yeah. So uh, the one thing with this is it's not indirect. Um, at least on the um, in the book, it doesn't say that it's indirect. So no, you. You fire it right at the uh, right at the target. So it's an interesting little unit. Um, has a you know probably a pen value of of two, I believe. Um, yeah. So nice to move it around, fire it off some light vehicles, maybe do some splash damage on some teams. Um, so interesting, interesting unit. It's, it's different. Uh, you don't really see this kind of unit, like infantry-based unit like this in, in a lot of armies. Uh, Soviets, you were saying, has something similar to it? Yeah, I can't remember the name. It might even be the exact same one, but it's very similar. I can't remember the name. Yeah, so um, interesting unit. Nothing else really special about it, just the fact that it's, it's just like basically that. like Basically like a... Uh, early war version of a fixed in place piat. You right. know, it's it's just a a little bit of a, a variance on a early war uh, anti tank team. Gotcha. You know, which is kind of nice in that sense that uh, early war you don't have a lot of options. No, no, you anti tank wise. That you do not, um, which sometimes makes it pretty fun. Yeah. So, 
So and then, uh, of course, you move. Speaking of Piat, that's yeah, that's the next one. You move right <laughs> into it, Piat. So, uh, Jason, you use the Piats all the oh time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They are uh, very underrated by opponents. Mm-hmm. I find they they don't take them very seriously because of their super small twelve uh, inch range compared to other. Uh, anti-tank, uh, you know, handheld weapons. Yeah, not not that uh, good, but it kind of also, uh, like I say, they they seem to overlook it. They kind of ignore it a little bit. And with my airborne, man, my Piat team cleaned house. Just uh, like o- overall, an aggregate of the all the games I played. They really did did quite well, <laughs> you know. I mean, you got to be pretty ballsy to use them because you got to get right up in the face. <laughs> yeah, but of, but of but enemy. saying that, saying that, like one thing I've noticed is, um, and like we obviously we're, we're not going to get to the tanks in in this episode, but if you are running a lot of infantry you have these options for those anti-tank support weapons, right? Like the stuff that we're going through here is very much the support to those infantry units to take out those hard targets to, you know, throw some pins down to even put smoke out, you know, to, to, um, do a little extra damage to lightly armed vehicles or even, just onto some uh, units that are tough, like veterans. You know, like the the black bombard has a pen value, so you're going to have an easier time doing damage to veterans. The Piat team, obviously, for vehicles, right? So it's nice that you have those options because not a lot of armies do, right? If you're looking at the you know the major armies, then majority of them they will have some sort of option. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like a Panzerstreck, Bazooka, Piat kind of option, not everybody has it, right? So yeah, yeah. so it's pretty cool. It, it, I like it that you, they are definitely used to support the, the, the units and like they fit right in with the army too, like composition-wise. So yeah. it's pretty good. And I've had great success with them. I, yeah, I love them. I mean, lots. I mean, there's lots of times where, I mean, you you go through all the motions. You you get up close and personal. You run up behind that tank. You that didn't quite, you know, think of you as a threat, and you pull the trigger and, woo, <laughs> you know, a little flag that says "bang" pops out. Yeah, and uh, you do nothing, and then you just get shot to pieces. But you know, there's been lots of times where uh, they pop up and uh, and cause the damage. And just fun-wise, man, is it cinematic just having that happen. You you pop out, they forgot you were kind of there or, or didn't think you were a threat or didn't think you were going to be close enough, and you pop out, and you're right in the open, and you're risking it, and you take that shot and it blows up their tank, and it's oh my god, <laughs> or it doesn't, and they're like oh, ho, ho, ho. 
You know, it's uh, it it's led to lots of fun uh, moments. Anyway, that's true. Yeah. Uh, next up is, of course, uh, regular sniper. So that's just as is normal. Um, you do have the option of a flamethrower team, which is pretty cool. Good old fashioned flamethrowers yeah, make them veteran. They they stick around for a while. So. Of course, again, like we just talked about, support unit, but also really good for taking out vehicles as well, tanks especially. That, that automatic uh, morale check is deadly. They, they have to take. Yeah, that can be especially when you're throwing on those pins. Yep, exactly. You can combination combination not, of that and other units, right? Not gonna lie. Usually, what happens to me is that I whiff, or if I hit, I cause one pin. Mm. and they pass and then shoot me to death, but I digress. I've been there. Yep. Yep. I've been there. Again, though, very cinematic, flavorful, and exciting moment. Oh, is it going to hit? Is it not? <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, that scene on Pegasus Bridge there where they fire at the machine gun uh, nest and they hit the... Uh, the uh, ammo cache at the back and blow the whole bridge up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's the good. whole bunker up there. So um, we got uh, mortar team, which is normal. Um, Pretty serious, but on a uh, smoke. We talked about it before. Yep. I'm but up, 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 uh, loving it. Nice. There you go. That's all. Random. We talked about it on another podcast. And we said, oh, I think we're going to use this. I'm going to try out smoke. And we talked about the smoke rules. <laughs> yeah, I tried them. It's kind of fun, especially if you're rolling with, uh, to tie it back into our topic today, if you're rolling with uh, infantry where you're trying to get in the assault, mm -hmm. smoke can be super valuable. I've I've used it to cover my advance while I'm while I'm running up, save my guys so that once I get in, I'm nice and fresh. Yep. Uh, it can be a a big time uh, thing. So mortars launching your your smoke, boom. Nice. There yep, you go. This digression good. has been brought to you by smoke. <laughs> So, uh, so that's kind of your small teams or not small teams, your fixed teams and, and weapon teams, uh, in a nutshell there, uh, a lot of options and some good options. So, uh, the nice thing is I'm just going to quickly touch on this is, is as you go through and there's theater selectors, you're going to see that some of these units tend to get used in these other specialized units. Hmm. And, um, sometimes you have like multiple of these teams in one unit. So keep an eye out for that too. Um, and uh, I guess next up we have um, the field artillery and whatnot um, for the British army. Uh, we'll go through, we'll go through uh, that and then we'll probably finish off at that for this episode. But uh, essentially um, you have your artillery you'll have your normal you know 
um, light, medium, and uh, heavy artillery and whatnot. Uh, you do have uh, the field artillery, the, I think it's the 20, 25-pounder gun howitzer. Yep. Yep, 25-pounder, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's a reg vet, which I noticed. So you, you can't take inexperience on it. Um, light howitzer has a gun shield, but it has a 25-pounder shell. 25-pounder AT shell. So you can yes. choose. You declare when you're shooting. And also important to note that when you're declaring an ambush, you have to declare w with this uh, weapon, you have yeah. to declare whether or not you've loaded AT shell or uh, regular yeah. uh, HE. So uh, just FYI, you, you can't just uh, willy-nilly it. You're supposed to... Yeah. <laughs> So it it uh, it has a plus four on the pen value for it, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it, it really makes it uh, versatile, and uh, you know, for the cost of the one gun, may, maybe it doesn't eliminate a requirement for having an AT uh, gun by itself, but uh, maybe it does. Maybe you take the twenty five pounder with the ability to fire anti tank. And supplement it with something like a Piat or, or uh, one of the other options, and uh, and that might get you through and save your points uh, off those AT guns. You know. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, with uh, with the other weapons as well, like the anti tank guns. Uh, pretty standard across the board. Um, you know, you have your your two pounders, six pounders, so a light and a medium, and then you go to the seventeen pounder, which is a super heavy. <laughs> which is it's funny because they just skip. <laughs> um, but they're pretty standard. You know, they have the gun shields and stuff like that too. Uh, yeah. And then you end up going to the three point seven inch QF AA gun. Mm -hmm. So it's a heavy anti-tank, has flak, and it has an improvised roll. Um, the one thing I noticed about this, it has a little bit of a downfall. So every time it shoots, it actually gains a pin marker on itself. And the whole idea was this weapon was actually not meant to be firing at infantry. Um, and it's just a strain on the crew firing this weapon and like reloading and all that stuff. So I guess that's what that rule is. Mm -hmm. So it's an option. Um, putting it in your, put it in your army, um, maybe cause it fits the theme of your army. Maybe it was the piece of equipment that was there, you know, that they were using. Yeah. So straightforward on that. Um, I'd probably just take a regular anti-tank gun myself, but cool. Uh, Anti-aircraft guns, 20 millimeter poster cannon, I think it is. It's like a automatic cannon with flak. Yep. 
thing that's cool about this one is you can actually upgrade how many cannons you can put on this. So like pretty much up to four. Yeah. So what is it like? Is it eight shots? I think eight shots. Yeah, they're, small blast. Uh, they're auto cannons. So yeah. Yeah. 130 points for the whole thing, you know, has flak troop killer. Pretty brutal, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Probably underutilized. Oh, I don't doubt but, it. But it also is, you know, where does it fit in your army, right? Like, yeah. we're looking at it more of like a tactical kind of like, okay, well, this is what this unit yeah. is. You know, what can it do based on our ideas and stuff too, right? So. Yeah. Um, and then you have the 40 millimeter Bofors gun. Classic Bofors. Heavy auto automatic gun. And really that's about it. So they don't have too, too much, but it's enough, right? They don't need a huge extensive range of stuff. And I'm sure in the descriptions, they actually mention, you know, the models and, and, and whatnot of the weapons that they've had during those times. So, um, but yeah, we'll pretty much, I think, end it at that for tonight. Um, it's a good chunk. Uh, we'll definitely go into uh, part two and we'll start going into the tanks and the vehicles, which that itself is a whole other deep dive. <laughs> yeah, they got a fairly extensive tank list. Yeah, they do. Uh, super fun. And I mean... I kind of uh, related it before that this book is the base for most of the, uh, you know, the new uh, supplements too. You just kind of, they add a unit or two and they throw in a selector, but most of it comes out of here. Yeah. So uh, this is really the core of that. So there's, uh, there's a whole new world. <laughs> Don't you dare close your eyes, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately with what we've gone through today, um, <laughs> I think between the commandos and the chindits, um, those are probably the two units I'm really liking. Um, especially, I especially want to try the, uh, the rapid fire. Mm -hmm. uh, ability there so do and, it do <laughs> it and i know jason you have your favorites because you've played them so much since the beginning um, but it's he always is, yes it's, it's always nice to uh it's always nice to ex evolve and also like try different things out especially with that current army of yours right so so pretty cool um so yeah again uh, thanks for joining, Jason. Uh, it's always a no pleasure worries. and fun. And then I'm sure we'll jump on it again here in the next few weeks or so. Excellent. And to all you listening, I hope you enjoyed it. Like always, chime in like always. Uh, let us know what you think. Maybe some other ideas. Uh, you know, maybe combinations that you have come with or even just armies that you have built uh, based just off of history or you know, just ideas. If you have tournament uh, armies that uh, 
you know, you like to share as well. Uh, those are welcome as well. So um, we have tons of different styles of players in the community. So everything's welcome. Um, so again, yeah, uh, share with us, you know, build it, paint it, play it, check out the socials, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.